Hi folks, everyone. Welcome to the present show. Finally, after a while. Ciao, Pat. Ciao, Lele. And uh, today we have another mindful Pat here with us, right? Uh, <laughs> Pat- Patrice, uh, welcome to the present show and I'm very happy you are here with us. Ciao, Patrice. Ciao, guys. Great to be here. Thanks. So, uh, let's start out just briefly introducing your, yourself to, to the audience. Okay. So my name is Patrice. I'm a mindfulness educator and meditation instructor, and I truly believe that I was born to do this, that this is a calling. When I was in sixth grade, I had uh, a passion and interest in being a psychologist, and my parents dissuaded me for some reason. I can't ask them because they've both passed on, but After they both passed on, I was doing some soul searching and actually looking through a Time magazine. It's a funny little story because my mom would write in the margins of the magazine. So I was looking for her writing and I came across two sentences by Deepak Chopra that were encouraging if you would do anything and money was not the issue, what would you do? You know, so if you didn't have to worry about money and I did not actually think think about it. It was like, it just came to me out of the universe that I would teach mindfulness to children. And so then I basically switched my career from doing occupational safety, environmental health for 27 years to mm-hmm. becoming trained in mindfulness and started to a regular meditation practice, began a nonprofit for mindfulness and education, started my own business Uh, became a trained certified meditation instructor and I just keep growing getting different types of training and learning mostly through my own experience of course fascinating and what Uh, is uh, no I I have a main question (laughs) you know we as as uh, as Patrick said that she mostly almost bumped into mindfulness right so you came in and you said it was kind of a vocation for me so what is it for you then right what um why is it so important why you you like it so much uh now that I'm doing it why do I like it so much it's uh as I said lately I wanted to be a psychologist and I felt that that was something that was just innate in me and I also realized that as a a child of a family with some dysfunction, my dad was an alcoholic for a long time, that there was a part of me that wanted to rescue people. And I realized through meditation and mindfulness that this, these are tools that teach people to help themselves. And so it's both a healing for me as well as offering something to other people where I'm not fixing I actually believe that we have within us, I know you guys have heard of fight, flight, or freeze. I actually think that part of that for some people is to try to fix other people. And so it was a nice liberation to go, you know what, I'm not here to fix people or rescue them, but Mm -hmm. it's cool to be able to say, hey, here's these tools and to see the transformation in kids, in adults, in the moment, you know, where they're having aha moments right in front of me. It's a, the most rewarding gift. Yeah. The, so fight, flight, freeze, and there's also faint because some people just, right, they, they can't handle it. So, so, so that's a nice one to add. 
And uh, nice. I, I like fix. Um, I also would say uh, you could flatter, right? You could flatter those, that emotional, mental response, right? Rather than run away or fight it, yeah. flatter it. Thanks nice. for coming. You look beautiful. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so you mainly work now with, with kids or also adults? Uh, how is your non-for-profit uh, look like? So the nonprofit is, uh, I actually, so I was one of the co-founders and also a teacher through the nonprofit. I resigned from the board mm -hmm. to more fully pursue my part of my business. And so they, there's situations where they call on me to teach and I've taught for them in Detroit schools and also like this coming, well, actually that's not even a, a school thing. I'm just thinking uh, Southgate is a part of Michigan. So different things like that. But I focus more on teaching directly through my business now. And so it's sort of interesting that in with the nonprofit, the schools that we work with would be mostly receiving it for free, especially if they are able to qualify for a scholarship. Whereas in my business, I'm charging. So there's schools that are paying me and not trying to get a scholarship. And so I just finished working with a local school uh, a 15 session using basically mindful schools curriculum. But I also work with adults. So I'm working with uh, um, developing a plan right now for a business. I've worked with different businesses like General Motors, University of Michigan, uh, U of M women's softball team. Mm -hmm. And so it's a variety. And I think it's really important to work with both because in some of the schools I've taught, and this becomes a bit emotional for me, but there's, it's so, the children, it's almost like the more they need it, guys. I don't know if you guys have had experience working with kids, but the more they need it, the more benefit they seem to get out of the mindfulness. And yet they'll take to it and it will go really well. And the teachers are also supporting it because I won't work in a school where teachers are not on board because that sends the wrong message because the kids want to model the adults, right? Mm -hmm. But oftentimes the kids will go home and things will, they're not seeing those adults do the practices, live the lifestyle. And that's where I had shared a picture with you guys. That's where that was actually born out of, is that I would go into this one school in particular in Flint and see, I don't know how else to say this, and it's going to sound dramatic, but if you remember in Parkland, Florida, there was a shooting in a school. And at the time I was working at the school in Flint and I'm not exaggerating. I was looking at kindergartners and first graders and feeling in my body that if we don't do something, these are the kids that are going to be doing like the next shooting or whatever, you know, because they're little kids throwing chairs, uh, not wanting to listen to a book, talking about killing people. But yet when I would come in there and teach mindfulness and especially the heartfulness aspect of mindfulness, right before our eyes, you could just see the changes happening. And it was just, it's like I said, the most beautiful thing. So uh, kids in this case learn mostly how to deal with their emotions, right? Yeah. How to accept that. Like in one particular class, for example, there was a child who he mostly was slumped over on his desk, not even really paying attention, although they often are. 
And then when he started to come around and engage a little bit, he finally shared that he hated his family. And when I saw the change in him was when I said, that's okay. And it was like, if you think about it, if you don't feel good about the feelings that you're having, if you don't think your feelings are okay, that means part of you is not okay. And when I said it was okay for him to feel that way, it was like, there's just metamorphosis. And then I do this thing where I give a heartfelt send off after, after a few lessons. And then I teach the children about heartfulness. At the end of each lesson, I start giving a heartfelt send off where I imagine I'm filling my heart with love by taking a breath. So it's, it's visible and I use my hands Mm -hmm. and then I meet their eyes and I pretend I'm blowing. And, And some kids are weird about love. So it's like good thoughts, you know, wishing you a good day. And after all of these sessions of this one child not being uh, seeming to be present in the classroom, and I told him it was okay to hate his family and, and whatnot, and then he went to do that. And it was just like, you know, <laughs> wow. So, nice. and then, yeah, it's, it's just, it's wonderful. Cool. It's, so if you have the, the teachers and the principals, you know, sponsorship and, and the kids are getting involved. There's the whole aspect of the parents, right? If the parents are mindfulness, you know, what are you doing? Or, you know, just no contact, you know, how, how does this support or empower the kids to also change the, the family, the environment outside of school? Yeah, that's a great question, Patrick. Thank you. So one of the things that happens at the end of each lesson is, well, you know, so now that you've learned mindful seeing, you know, having animal eyes, take this and between now and when I see you again, because the lessons are usually twice a week, you know, go practice. So that might be one example. Another one where it would more involve the family is mindful eating. And we make it really fun and playful. And so now that you know this, go home and teach someone in your family. And then when I come back the next time, I ask them the stories, you know, to share the story. So did anyone teach their family? And usually they're really excited to share. And this could, this could go, you know, you, I could be talking to adults. The mm-hmm. language just changes a little bit, as you guys know. And yeah. so, yeah, and I tell them because sometimes, actually, in the school I just finished in, there was a child who was upset about their parents smoking. And it was an awkward situation. You know, usually it's very much improv. And so just to go, wow, what am I going to do with this right now? But just to tell the kids that the, the, in order to affect the adults around you, the best thing you can possibly do is practice. As your family starts to see that when you're upset, you just go subtle, they're going to notice there's something different about you. And then they'll want to know, what are you doing? Mm. So, yeah, we saw. I don't have like a tissue with me, but I'll use the T-shirt that's here. And uh, if you're if if you're changing, right? Maybe this will be better. It, it, so so you're here, right? Yeah. And your your family and your environments all around you. So as you practice more, you start uplifting yourself. And what happens is you start uplifting everybody else around you, right? And of course, the other way, right? If you start, right? You're bringing everybody else down. I love that. Thank you. 
it, oh, it yeah. made me it made me think of, of what you just said you know with you know the kids practicing themselves right uh, will also change and, and help support their families now, when is the first um uh, when, when can we start to think to 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 talk about mindfulness with kids? What is the age you yeah, would that's start a, with? That's a great question. So, this past the summer of 2018, I held a class. I work out of a, a business called Vibe Well in Fenton, Michigan, and where we have different classes for people. So, we held a class, and it was meant to be with the adult. So the caretaker, whether that's a parent or a grandparent, and the child or children. Mm -hmm. And we had to ask ourselves that question. When, you know, what age should we cut it off at? And it was sort of fun because the decision was made that we're going to invite pregnant women, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're sitting in there, you know, you're sitting in, in whatever, whether it's my classroom or it's at home, and you're sending the, the body the message that, okay, right now it's time to settle. You're already, a parent is already, the mother starting to teach the child that there's a time every day where we just settle down. Can you imagine if all pregnant women meditated? Wow. You know, I actually think some of the stress in my life when I was pregnant caused some of the illnesses, like one, one daughter has allergies and asthma. So I guess, you know, it's a, this is a new horizon that we're starting to learn more and more about, as you guys know. I, I was even reading some stuff that uh, it's generational, that even things that your grandparents and great-grandparents did has an effect on your DNA, right, and who you are. So we should then, wish that nobody was stressed in, uh, from our ancestors, right? But what's cool is that even though we are affected, from that history, we can also change it yeah. and determine what gets expressed. Yeah. So and that's where we, we, we get into neuroplasticity, right? And the possibility to, you know, to learn new patterns, new ways of behaving. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, you know, what I'm teaching some of the older kids is, which is, you know, it's on the edge of being scary, all of this stuff, because... And to me, it's not scary, it's exciting, but it's about some of the things we can do with manifesting and uh, the, the whole quantum physics and how our thoughts are energy. So it gets, kids get really excited when, and I don't, I wait till they're at least in fourth grade to, well, I guess some, it depends on the maturity level of the class, but it's, uh, it's really interesting that we have so much more control over what we're creating in this life than we ever realized. Uh, another fi final question for you about kids, because I, I have two little fellows myself, right? So I experience every day uh, this. And one thing I noticed, I mean, it, 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 you, you talk about situation that might be, you know, what uh, also who has troubles in the family as well and who has, uh, but in a normal environment, right? Where there is nothing, no huge trouble, but you observe that many kids are, having problems in finding attention, right? They're usually lost in thought or their focus is somewhere else, right? People, uh, parents keep calling them and asking them, please do this or please help them. And they don't listen. And then the parents, you know, get upset and start shouting and until something happens, maybe make the child start crying and so on, right? So how to bring mindfulness into this and avoid this kind of family routinely situation? <laughs> 
I love it. Yeah, I went through that uh, change myself in my own family where there was frustration and not really knowing as, as a mother, I remember being told, oh, just, you know, enjoy them while they're young because they grow up so fast. And I remember thinking before I started to meditate, how, how do I enjoy them when the reality of life is such that I need to work and I need to make dinner and so what I ended up learning as I began to meditate is that spending, and it's sometimes even less, but let's just say five minutes of undivided attention when the kids were little playing Barbies, right? That five minutes of them, it's like they felt that they were heard, that they were seen. It would almost always mean I could then make dinner. But I think it's the, the tendency for some young families or any age families, I guess that doesn't matter, to almost get caught up in that fight or flight of do, 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 do. And then the kids feel that energy, right? And I was actually saying earlier to some adults I was working with today that even in a culture where I was, I was teaching a, an accounting department and there was like always all this pressure and every month they would have me come in and guide them through an hour of discussion and meditation. And they wanted me to somehow, you know, be in their ear. And cause, and, but what, what it was is they didn't feel that they could take the time out of their work day, even a minute to sit at their desks. And the thing is that culturally, if we don't change the paradigm by saying, no, I'm going to do this for my health by taking that risk of saying, no, I'm going to stop for a minute. Hmm. Then it gives a message to the managers at work to just keep giving the more work and not allowing, not realizing. And again, it's like the children teaching the parents. The employees have to sometimes be the ones to lead and say, no, I'm going to do this. And then it's actually a better work, you know, product of quality, creativity, et cetera, emotional intelligence. And so when it comes to the children, it's the same thing. I feel like I lost track of the question there, Lele, but it's the same thing, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Did I answer? Yes, I, I understood. I understood. <clears throat> yeah. uh, I think, but now it's time for our mindful final minute. Yes. minute. Yeah. Can, can, can you lead us in a practice for a, a minute or two? Sure. So I suggest that you choose how you, uh, what you need to do right now, whether you need to uh, minimize any distractions or like what you just did, Patrick, uh, stretch out your neck a little bit. And if you feel comfortable closing your eyes, going ahead and doing that. And when I lead people, I pretty much always close my eyes as well. So choosing a comfortable position in which you feel that you can Stay in without too much adjustment, being alert, but yet comfortable. And then just bringing your focus, the sensation of your, your breath moving in your body, noticing where you most feel it. And then just after you feel like you're in tune with your breath, shifting your attention 
See your body. And noticing the sense of your body sitting here as a whole. Just noticing what it feels like to sit here, whether what you're sitting on is soft or hard, comfortable, or maybe not so comfortable, but not getting caught up in any of the any of the story associated with that, just noticing and then moving on. And then starting moving your attention like your mind is a flashlight to the top of your head. And just at your own speed, starting to scan your way down your body to see if there's any areas that are holding any stress, tension, or just energy. And using your breath to breathe through, exhaling to let go of anything that you really don't need in this moment. And maybe along the way down to your toes, you notice something you want to attend to later. Just making a mental note of it and trusting that it'll come back to you when you need it. And then once you've gone all the way through once, just go through one more time. But in the area of the head, the heart and the stomach, especially doing a little bit of a, a deeper dive, tuning into those areas to see if whether mentally you're grasping onto something, a thought, maybe, or a memory that you don't want to let go of, or at the heart level, maybe it's an emotion, something that might be blocking you. Even a, it could even be a joy. And checking in with your stomach too. Our stomachs often hold energy in the form of butterflies or knots. And just using your breath to return these areas of your body back to a state of homeostasis, allowing yourself to feel a sense of peace and joy. And then finally, setting the intention to carry this feeling with you as you step out of this meditation and bring it with you through the rest of your day. And then when you're ready, opening your eyes, bringing your attention back to me when you're ready. And even though it's technology, I'm gonna give you guys a heartfelt send off. Thank you for joining me in that. Thank you, Sopat Patris. Um, that's actually very nice, very cool. And uh, the sense of relaxation and energy at the same time that comes after any even a little mindful practice is uh, still amazing to me after several years of meditation 
So thank you very much for sharing. So um, is there any place where our uh, listeners and uh, view watchers might uh, go to find out something more about you? Is there a website or what is your favorite channel of communication? Yeah, there's um, a couple of different things. Probably I'm working on a new website. So vibewell.com is where people can find some of the things that I offer locally. It's just V-I-B-E-W-E-L-L. And then my personal business is on my Facebook page right now. So it's either presence to pupils would be the one. And then my own personal one is Patrice mm. Berlinski. I will put it here below so okay. people can watch it. Thank, uh, you. thank you. So I wish a lot of more and more mindfulness for all the schools you are in and all the people are going to get in touch. Thank you so much for sharing. and. Um, See you on the next present show for all of you. If you have any comment, anything for Patrice, put it below. I will reach out to Patrice and share with her as well the comment. And uh, thank you so much. Bye, Thanks. everyone. Ciao.